Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Running the 615 Podcast. I am your host, Drew Jones, and this is episode 19. Our guest today is Amy Bream. I first started following Amy on social media about a year ago, and I was really excited to meet her and interview her for this podcast. Amy was born with a birth defect called PFFD, which required her to have her right leg amputated shortly after she was born. Amy grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, and she was surrounded by very supportive parents and three older siblings. Amy was all about music in her childhood, and that is what eventually brought her here to Nashville. Amy moved to Nashville after college out of a desire to move to a bigger city and work in the music industry. Shortly after moving here, Amy had a friend talk her into going to a boxing class, and that class changed her life. Amy had not done much exercising up to that point. Fast forward to five years later, and Amy now works at Title Boxing, and she is an ambassador in the Nashville fitness community. Amy has a drive and dedication to her fitness that is very inspiring, and we discuss that topic in this episode. Amy is in the process of learning how to run after she acquired a prosthesis running blade earlier this year, and she talks about the super cool story of how that came to be as well. Amy does not like it when her friends, family, or trainers take it easy on her. In fact, she prefers the opposite. She was raised to do things to the best of your ability, and she's always looking to do things that make her uncomfortable. Amy has appeared in music videos, commercials, and she has a big following on social media. What she enjoys most about that is she has had the ability to meet and help out many other amputees over the past five years. When I started this podcast about a year ago, it was with the purpose of giving people like Amy a chance to tell their story and, of course, give you, the listening audience, some entertainment and maybe inspiration along the way. You will be hard-pressed to find someone more inspiring than Amy Bream. If you don't follow her on social media yet, then I highly suggest you do. Amy is honest, sarcastic, strong, and just super cool. She is always lighthearted and very funny, as you will hear in this episode and see all the time on her social media. I appreciate Amy allowing me to interview her, and I'm really excited to share this episode with all of you. Amy is a great example to follow and living proof that there is more inside of us than we think there is. Thanks, as always, everyone, for listening to this podcast. Please tell a friend or family member about it. And as always, stay safe and healthy out there. Here we go, episode 19, The Pride and Joy of Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania, Amy Breen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Running the 615. I'm sitting across from Amy Ream. Amy, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. We are going to talk about a girl named Amy Bream today. Are you okay with that? I am okay with that. Perfect. Uh, let's start off with Pennsylvania. You were born and raised in Pennsylvania. Tell me about your childhood and just kind of your family growing up in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. It's called Boiling Springs. Um, I am the youngest of four kids. Uh, I'm. They would say I'm spoiled. I would say I'm just, they saved the best for last. Um, but I grew up um, all the way up through college. I went to college close by and then I moved out to Nashville like about six years ago. So I had a pretty normal childhood. Um, I was born with a birth defect called PFFD and my parents actually didn't know that I would have that birth defect until after I was born. Okay. Um, but even with that, they, um, I mean, 
grew up in a very loving, encouraging family. So my, my childhood was pretty normal. Um, and yeah, it was a great time. And PFFD stands for what? Uh, proximal femoral focal focal deficiency. Gotcha. Proximal femoral focal deficiency. Yeah, I even still get tongue tied over it. Um, but essentially, it's it's a birth defect. There's a lot of uh, ranges of, you know, how what degree you have it. Um, so your femur bone can be um, malformed or just not there. And so obviously I was born without the majority of my right leg. So I have a prosthesis that goes all the way up to my hip. When it was time to learn how to walk, they fitted me with my first one and we just went from there. So you got your first prosthesis when you were how old? Ooh, prob- I mean, whenever it was time to learn how to walk, probably between one and two. Like, yeah. Okay. So Pennsylvania is a big state. We talked yes. about that. You've got Pittsburgh on the uh, west side. You've got Philly on the east side. Where is your where's Boiling Springs? Uh, South Central. So a little bit closer to um, a little bit closer to Pittsburgh, I believe. Um, yeah. But I mean, when I say middle of nowhere, we didn't have a traffic light. We had a four way stop in our small town. And that was Man. it. Yeah, yeah. My high school mascot was a bubble. So like. <laughs> We want to talk about cornfields and like, I love, I mean, it was a great place to grow up. So the name of your high school mascot was the Bubbles? uh, The Bubbler. Yep. We were the Bubblers. Uh I don't think I've ever heard of that in my life. We had a lot of pride too. There was like, yeah, there was a lot of school Wow. That is awesome. What were your school colors? Uh, Purple and gold. Purple and gold. Those were college colors Mm -hmm. for University of North Alabama, which would also kind of fall into the category of a small town college. But yeah, boiling screen. Were they called the boiling springs bubbles? Uh, The boiling springs bubblers. Bubblers. Sorry. Yeah. Now said that twice. (laughs) That is a great nickname. So growing up in Pennsylvania, PA, you had older siblings and they were they were there the entire time you were growing up as well. So close family. Yeah. Very close. Um, There's nine years between me and my oldest sister. um, But we were all very close. So she was almost like a, a second mom to me. And we all just love to laugh and grow up and encourage each other. Right. So, so with, with childhood, what do you remember about your childhood that kind of shaped and shaped you into who you are now? Like things that you, yeah. you know, just there are your family members still there in Bowling Springs? They are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they've actually all kind of moved out and then moved back. I'm the only one that's um, long distance now, but Um, I would say, I mean, we love to laugh, um, and encourage each other. My, my childhood, definitely my parents and my siblings were always encouraging, but they never let me use my prosthesis as as an excuse. So there was never a, a fact of, well, I have one leg. Can you do this for me? They're like, no, you're perfectly capable of this. Let's go. So there was, I never felt like a separation from, from my family or my friends and how I was raised at all. Um, my parents definitely encouraged me to do like physical therapy or like go to groups about it. But I was a very, very stubborn child. And so I would just say no. And then they respected that. Um, so I've, that's kind of grown and developed as I've gotten older. Um, and now looking back, I'm like, man, I should have done this sooner. And my mom was always like, um, excuse me. (laughs) We tried. We actually broached (laughs) that growing up, Amy, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So would, would you have different kind of rounds or time? for physical therapy kind of throughout your life as you as you got as you grew kind of honestly I had physical therapy when I was very little um like toddler and I think my mother I don't remember it but my mother says I was so stubborn I like I was a brat the whole way through it it. did not have it I did not it was almost like I wanted to be so normal that it was almost like I wanted to pretend that it wasn't there 
Um, and so, yeah, I kind of did physical therapy and then I didn't touch physical therapy until after I moved to Nashville and I got a prosthesis that was so different. I knew that I needed it because I wouldn't be able to learn on the new prosthesis alone. Right. So, so there you go. Your parents maybe suggested it. You're like, great suggestion, mom. Uh-huh. And no. Yeah, exactly. Put me, put me down for a no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so then growing up and what, what was the deciding factor? So I know you were part of music, a big yeah. party, right? That was, that was childhood all the way through high school. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what parts of music, like what, what were you doing with it? So, oh, I was like the ultimate music nerd. And I say that lovingly <laughs> holds a special with place pride. in my heart. Yes. With pride. Um, so I was that girl, I was in bands. Um, I played the saxophone, um, and my mom taught us all piano from a young age. So I grew up playing both instruments. Um, I, sang and song right so all of that kind of developed I was like pretty much any facet of music classical jazz songwriting bring it I love it all about um it. yeah so I studied music in college I studied commercial music at a small town in PA um, it's called Messiah College and I was a saxophone major you don't hear that every day no nope. um and I also studied um songwriting and piano um, and then my junior year, I also did a semester long program in Nashville. It was almost like a study abroad, but within the US. Right. And that introduced me to this city. And so I just loved it and the vibe and the people here. Um, and I was just looking um, to kind of branch out and see what else was out there. So what, after what year was that that you came, that, that when you did your like you came to study here in Nashville? Uh, that was spring of 2013. Okay. And then I graduated in 2014 and moved back out here um, in the fall of 2014. So you like you when you came here, you're like, yes, this is a place I wanna I wanna be. And it wasn't long after you graduated at all. The, the yeah. Go time. Yeah. Yeah. And was it music that brought you to Nashville then? Like, because you came here to study it. And then of course, Music City USA. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, my, the last six years of my life have been very different than I imagined they would be in college, but, um, not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Um, just a lot of life lessons. But when I moved out here, it was definitely, I wanted to be involved in music to some capacity. And I wasn't sure if that looked like on the performing side or management. I, I really just wanted to to get new experiences and to know. And so that's kind of developed. I still love music. It holds a very special place in my heart, but that's, I don't have the desire to do that professionally, just to be in music city and to be able to go to concerts and writers rounds and just be in that environment is, um, very much enough for me. And right. I, now I'm in the fitness world. Yeah. So that's, that was my, my next question. So exercise, fitness, mm-hmm. the fitness community in Nashville, you're a big part of it. And mm-hmm. that when you were driving to Nashville, fitness was not on the radar. Didn't, oh, you know, no. didn't you, uh, did you participate in anything growing up in high school that would let you would label like fitness workout stuff? No, I mean, I, I guess I worked out a few times in, in high school. My, um, my cousin owns a gym in uh, Pennsylvania. And honestly, that was the first place that I remember even going to do a public group fitness workout. I was probably like a junior in high school at the time. And I could count on both hands the amount of times I worked out in public, probably in high school and college. Um, I never saw myself as a, as as athletic to the point of, I didn't even think it was possible. Like it, like me and sports were never in the same sentence uh, together. And so, um, yeah, I, I definitely think a part of that was, um, you know, my prosthesis and, and believing what I could and could not do. Um, but even since, you know, moving here and, 
seeing this whole new world of fitness that I can be involved in, I realized that no one was really placing those restrictions on me, not even my prosthetists or anyone. It was just me believing those things in myself and then kind of starting that cycle. So yeah, that's super cool. So what was the first kind of domino for you into fitness with uh, once you were here in Nashville? Yeah. So about a year into me being here, I, my friend told me about, um, a gym called title boxing. And Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, you don't, it's not a gym where you go spar people. It's more of a workout based, um, you're on a bag. And so I tried that. Um, and it was one of the first times I've ever actually enjoyed working out before then. I liked to feel like I was in shape, but it was always more out of obligation than anything. This was the first thing that I actually enjoyed. Like I wanted to go back and it was something that I, it fed my competitive nature. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I liked having a trainer tell me what to do and me kind of like rise to the challenge. And I was competing with myself. Um, and it was one of the first things that I felt, even though I had to adapt certain movements I could do as opposed to me going to a gym class in high school and feeling like I would never measure up to what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, that, you know, I started it and it was a lot of fun and then it just kind of developed, um, a few years into that, um, a trainer had approached me and said, yeah, you can box, but like you should kickbox. And I'm like, and I, I had laughed about that before when I started, I was like, yeah, I'll never kickbox. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed and he was like, no, you can definitely do it. It's just going to be hard, but you're strong enough to do it. Um, and so me going through that process and realizing that there was something that I literally thought was impossible that I could actually overcome and do it, like opened up this whole new world. And I was like, if I didn't think I could do that and I can, what else have I been like sitting out on that? I'm like, I should be living life. So for sure. Yeah. So would you say that that part right there was kind of where the passion started when you got Mm -hmm. a little bit of an open into maybe I didn't think I could do this now realizing that I could like it started there, but then it's, you know, that's where passion came along with it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, that, that feeling I was like, Oh yeah, I want this again. Like I, I always want to see what I can do and, and whatever, you know, new things I can learn. Um, and alongside of that too, I knew it was time for me to get a new prosthesis. And, um, it was, I got my new prosthesis here in Nashville. It was the first time that I did it alone. Like there wasn't any family around. There wasn't friends that really knew that side of it that could go with me to those appointments, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and my prosthesis, I basically sat down with a prosthetist and I was like, listen, like you don't know anything about me, but I want to be active. Like what is out there that I'm missing out on? Um, and so my leg really changed into like 180 degrees of what I was used to. I had a cosmetic cover on my leg. We took that off. Um, I found a different way to attach the prosthesis to to my body. I got a different type of knee foot. Like it was totally different. And I wasn't really expecting how difficult and challenging that would be like emotionally and mentally as well as physically. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely one of the harder things I've ever done, but that also opened me up to this whole new world because it helped me become more physically active. Like the knee was designed to, to help me be active. Um, but also even the process of taking off the cosmetic cover and not feeling like I had to hide my prosthesis or that I was, there was any shame in it, but really embracing like, yeah, this is a really cool thing that actually helps me live my life. 
right. um, also changed my mentality in a lot of ways. So looking back on it, you're like, glad I did that. Oh, best thing. Yeah. Best thing to do. So I can tell by following you through your workouts on social media and, and just talking with you that you, you have a lot of dedication in your fitness and it, you know, it not only means something to you, I know it means something to the people that kind of follow you and know you, mm-hmm. where do you feel like that comes from? Kind of like your dedication and, and your drive. Yeah. Um, I would say a, that's a big part of my upbringing, a combination of, um, honestly, my family and my faith with that. Um, my family, um, I was always taught and raised um, to whatever I do in life to do it with integrity and to do it to the best of my ability. So um, being genuine to myself, but also like no matter if you're like cleaning a floor or you're like in a spotlight, you're going to, you're going to do it well. Right. Um, so that definitely came from um, my parents and, and just growing up in that environment as well. Um, and I'm also just naturally a very competitive person and we all were very competitive with each other as kids. Right. So I think, um, both, both parents and, and siblings yeah. pushed, pushed each other. Yeah. Especially siblings. Yeah. yeah. We, I mean, and we like always like to give each other a hard time. We all love to laugh and have a sense of humor and sarcasm. So there was never, uh, it, it was always very loving and encouraging, but it was definitely a kind of suck it up, let's go instead right. of like a, do you need to sit down? So I think, <laughs> I think uh, that like definitely affected and how I approach like how I work out now. Cause I'm just right. used to that mindset, man. I think the art of sarcasm is just one of the greatest things. Yeah. Like, oh, there's it's... a lot of things that can come from it, but you, you just admitted like growing up in a family where sarcasm was part of it, like yes. shaped you in a way that like you're proud of yes. how it shaped you. Um, yeah. So along those lines, when it comes to like pushing yourself and, and like working out, you know, again, from some of the things I've seen that you put on social media, it seems like I would say a majority of the workouts you do are you are pushing yourself like you can actually see it and you have this kind of um, go, go, go mentality about it. And yeah. also along those lines, it seems like you enjoy the trainers who do push you who are the ones who are not like don't give you any out or don't say you know the ones that like push you and drive you are the ones you kind of seem like the ones that you enjoy working out with the most what tell me about that yeah i think um i mean honestly that's what brought me to the gym that i'm at and kind of kept me there so long um it was i think it's easy um you know, I have like an, a very obvious physical challenge to overcome when I'm working out. So if someone doesn't know me and I walk into a workout, their first, you know, probably initial reaction is make sure she's okay and that I don't offend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I completely understand that there's nothing wrong with that. I can respect it. But um, when I came to the gym that I'm at now, um, you know, especially like as I started to work out, they, a lot of the trainers there very quickly picked up like, okay, she likes to be pushed. Don't baby her. Right. And, um, just being in that environment and seeing like them pushing me, even in moments, like I am very competitive, but there have been a lot of moments. Where I'm like, I can't do that. Like I had a moment this week when I argued with the people I was working out with and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And they, they said, no, actually you are. Cause you're capable of it. And you tell people to, to not, care and to like push yourself. And when I say not care, I mean, just not care what people think. Right. Um, 
end. Like you are capable of this and we know you are, so you're going to do it. Um, and even in the moment when I push back on that, that's sometimes what I need because I am a very stubborn person. Right. Um, and the amount of growth that I've seen in myself um, in the last couple of years, I recognize it's because um, like trainers that I'm around and the people that, that know me um, aren't afraid to make me do things that make me uncomfortable. And I'm a completely different person because of it. And I I really appreciate that. For sure. So especially the person who first said title Nash uh, boxing to you, kudos to them. And then kudos to your trainers too. That's a, that's a learned art, right? To learn, to learn the right ways to push because everybody can be motivated and pushed in different ways. But it sounds like you found a really great group, not only in your siblings that, that started that, but then now to have this group in Nashville of these people that recognize the potential inside of you sometimes when you don't think it's there. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Tell tell me what a, just walk me through what like a title boxing workout consists of. Yeah. So um, our typical boxing workout, you're going to start with a warm up. Um, So mostly it's like body weight exercises just to get your heart pumping. Um, And then there's usually a 30 minute portion of either boxing combinations or kickboxing combinations Um, at the the locations that I work. It just depends on the instructor and their backgrounds. And then the last part portion of the class is going to be a core workout. So it's full body. A lot of people think that boxing is just all arms. So like people come in, they're like, I want to like get my arms jacked. I'm like, that's cool. But it's actually a lot of core and lower body as well. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, that's what the class itself, it's, you're going to burn a ton of calories and, um, you know, I mean, it's super fun. Like where else can you legally hit things? And <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's like the harder you hit the cool. Now is the time 2020 <laughs> when frustration needs to be let out. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's an amazing stress relief. And that's like a big part of what drew me to it initially too. Um, and our locations are, Do you like- hear a ton of bad language inside there. Just like people <laughs> just like letting out expletives while they hit things. I mean, that seems like it'd be part Part of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely part of it. Uh, I think like people usually I see a lot of people walk in tense and leave a lot happier. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely lots of stress relief. Um, and our locations are, are unique, too, in that we have um, different types of classes as well. So we also offer like strength classes and circuit training and like technique and things like that. So um, even in the last couple of years, like I've started to like try some weightlifting workouts and I had never touched a barbell before that. So even like learning what I could do in boxing and then carrying that into other things of like, okay, well I also never thought I could weightlift, but what can I actually do? Um, So it's just this whole combo that I kind of mix it up all throughout the week and do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Great segue, Amy. Uh, that's what I was going to bring up next. I know also from the things following on social media that you are starting in running. Yes. You've got a new, um, I guess, piece of equipment that has like got that started. Tell me tell me about what the equipment is and then just kind of this, this new start. Yeah. So um, I recently got a running blade. Um, that's a piece of equipment. Um, I've always had like great prosthetic equipment, but um, there's different types of of equipment that's better for certain activities. And so um, the knee that I use every day is a microprocessor knee that's great for um, keeping up with certain activities like boxing or hiking or walking, whatever. Um, But it can't keep up with you in running. Um, So a running blade is going to have more spring to it. Um, It's going to be a little bit lighter weight. Um, There's a lot of factors there. But that type of equipment usually isn't covered by insurance, which is what is always 
held me back before. Um, that and, you know, a little bit of fear as well. I also, I actually went to a running clinic last summer um, and it was put on, it was sponsored by Oser, which is the company that makes my knee and my running blade, um, my running knee and running blade. Um, but it was also through CAF, Challenge Athletes Foundation, which is a really, really great foundation that um, it's a nonprofit that helps um, people get fitted um, for like different equipment like that. Um, but I went to that clinic and learned like the basics of running, which sounds so funny because I'm 28, like, you know, but like, it's just something that I've never really done before. And, um, one of the coaches at that clinic was like, Hey, like you're clearly in shape, like you're strong. You learned a lot today. You just need a running blade. And we have a grant program that you can apply for. Um, and you can choose specifically to use the grant for a running blade. So you should apply for that. So yeah. Super cool. So that's what I did this year. Um, Where was that running clinic at? Uh, that was actually hosted at Vanderbilt. They do oh, clinics right. all over the U.S., but right. this one in particular was. Um, and it was also really humbling because there was a ton of people from surrounding states that came. Mm-hmm. And even to like be there, there's new amputees. There was people like, and I was hearing their stories of like when they lost their leg and there's people like missing both of their legs, part of their arms, like, and they're all just there like having a good time, like going for it. And I was like, Amy, you've been scared to like show up and try this running thing. And these people are like literally running circles around you right now. Like, what are you doing with your life? So, uh, good experience. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, I applied for that grant and I found out this past March, um, that I received the grant or, uh, and so I actually physically got the blade probably in May, um, which was great. And then that's been a little bit of a process. I got the blade started running, um, which is, like it's it's been a process it's been really fun but not easy by any means it's a, you are teaching yourself how how the blade reacts to impact everything yes. like it is it is literally learning to run yes and for me it's a little challenging because um I do my prosthesis goes all the way up to the hip. So when you have like the difference between having a knee and not having a knee when you run is like really, really big. Um, But thankfully, like being on like social media, I've been able to follow other accounts with people with the same either the same birth defect or the same um, like a full prosthesis all the way up to the hip that are running very well. So like seeing that has inspired me to like, yeah, you can do this. It's just going to be hard. It's going to be a process. Um, so yeah, I started that and then I like a week into it, I actually stepped off of the treadmill and I rolled my ankle and, uh, tore two ligaments in my ankle. Yeah. In the beginning of June. Good start. Yeah. Great start. Like, yeah. Thank you. 2020. Here we go. Was the treadmill still going when you said, no, it had turned off. off Like, yeah, yeah, I was just tired. I wasn't paying attention, kind of hopped off and just felt a snap. And I said, that's not good. Um, so that set me back a couple weeks, but, um, thankfully now, like it's, it's not hundred percent healed, but it's most of the way there. I can run, um, short distances, um, without the brace and it's good. Um, right. so do you feel it? Like you feel your ankle a little bit still when you're kind of like, like the impact a little bit. Yeah. And definitely like, I'm going to have more pressure on my ankle than if I had two rear legs, mm-hmm. um, obviously, but, um, so after, after a little while, my ankle will start to swell. And I know that that is when I need to like back off. But, um, honestly, like it's, I don't walk around with pain or anything. Like the healing is almost there. I'm just 
cautious about it. Sure. Yeah. So along the lines of running, I know you're doing some running on a mm-hmm. treadmill. And then you said even this week, your your crew was, was, was forcing you to go outside and give it a go. Talk about just the, the difference in those two. Yeah. Oh, I flat out got in an argument with my crew this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was good. Tyler and Justin, if you're listening to this, shout out. I wanted to punch you both in the face that day. But uh, that means thank you. That's <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does mean thank you. Yes. Um, and they know that about me so they pushed but yeah so I've been running on the treadmill and what it's the positive of that is it makes me keep a steady pace um, and it makes me focus on my form because I have to in order to keep that pace I need to make sure that my prosthesis I'm applying the right amount of um, pressure and force to swing my prosthesis all the way through um, and I try my hardest not to limp very much so when I come off of the treadmill it feels easier but um, I also don't have that um, forced rhythm, I guess, um, to swing my prosthesis all the way through. So it's easier for me to limp. Um, and that is something that I still struggle with being like very self-conscious about. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously like coming off of a treadmill, there's different terrains, things like that, which make it a little trickier sometimes. But this past week, um, I've tried going off of the treadmill a few times and I have, but I prefer to be like alone, very safe environment. No one's watching. It's great. Yeah. Um, and in our workout this week, we had some sprints and, um, I like turned on the treadmill and I like hop on, I'm like, I'm going to use my new running blade. What a good time. Yeah. And both of my coworkers were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm getting ready for the sprints. And they're like, no, we're sprinting outside. And it's like on like 19th and church street. So there's a ton of cars going by and it's uphill. I'm like, nah, like no and no. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be here. You guys go outside. And they're like, no, you got a running blade. You're going to run with us. This is the whole point of this. And, um, yeah, we, we argued back and forth quite a bit and I was mad. I was like, you guys don't understand like that self-conscious, like people are going to watch me. And he's like, my boss was like, who's going to care? Who is going to care? Like you're, you're learning, get out here. Like, no, he's like, your whole platform on social media is that you don't care. And that like, you should just do it and like put aside the discomfort because it's worth it. And he's like, you're never going to learn unless you do it. So you're doing this. They're like, I follow a girl on Amy. I follow a girl named Amy Bream on social media and (laughs) Uh, she says you're going to do it. Yes. Yes. So legit. I mean, I was such a brat that whole workout and they knew they were like, we pushed her, but she's going to do it. So we were like, like I was like stalking outside, like, fine, I'm going to do it. Like I was such a brat. Um, And then they made me go the whole time and it was good. And then the the ends you know they like patted me on the back and they're like that's what you got to do thank you and I was like all right and they're like yeah go post about that on social media like how we were the ones that tag us make sure yeah listen to your own words right there it's like all right all right that's cool though that's so do you what what do you have like kind of a fitness goal with something that you're like you're working towards like that you want to want to do in the future with running in particular, I would love to do, I did a Tough Mudder half um, like two years ago. I would love to do a full Tough Mudder and actually run the whole thing um, and Those do the hard. obstacles. Yeah. When I did it before, honestly, it was, I remember thinking like, obviously I went super slow because I didn't have a running blade and I wasn't running. Um, but the obstacles were okay because of what I like, like I have a lot of upper body strength because of the workouts that I do. Right. Um, so it was like that. And also it's really fun to swim in mud. You wouldn't think yeah. so, but there's like, like this is allowed. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so I remember thinking in that I was like, I want to learn how to run and actually like crush this and be able to like do the distance and the obstacles. So like once I get some more, um, 
distance, I guess, practice down and build up my stamina. That's a goal of mine. Super cool. So along the uh, social media lines, I know this in following too, you've been in commercials, mm-hmm. you've been in music videos. You, I can just tell that like, you know, people, people get some motivation by following you on social media. Do, do you like being in the spotlight? Is that something that you kind of enjoy being able to, you know, be seen a and help motivate people B? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's been a lot of fun. I'll be honest. Like it's, it's been fun to do those things. Honestly, I know this is going to sound really cliche, but, um, I don't even see it as like, I deserve this or I'm better than like, you know, I deserve to be in the spotlight. I think it's something that I started sharing my journey and it's all just kind of happened very, very organically. Like I've like when I was in the commercial, um, someone like that I knew from the gym, a photographer had started, um, doing some freelance for Nike. And so like they had just kind of talked to people and then that kind of happened organically. They're like, I know this person. So everything that has happened, um, it's kind of like, I was in the right place at the right time. And I so appreciated that, but doing those things, there was never a sense of, um, like I deserve this more than anyone else. So I think, um, well, you look cool when you kickbox. That's yeah. part of it. That, like, <laughs> there that we looks go. Cool. It helps Commercial, that I kickbox. Right I have one leg. Like that definitely nah, man, helps. Like you just like, you, you like you, I, like it's just a cool, it's a cool shot with the, you know, just yeah. the, uh, the commercials, the part I'm talking about just looks cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a ton of fun and anything that happens with that, like both instances, I was definitely really nervous. Um, but I was struck by how like encouraging everyone was around it, like the film crew and all of it. Um, and even just my friends telling me like, just be you, like no one's expecting you to be this fake Amy, just literally be you. And then their job is to like make you look cool. (laughs) Um, and so I think overall it was more of like a humbling experience of like, thank you for even letting me do this. And I recognize that there are other people who would also deserve this opportunity, but I get to do it. So thank you. Yeah, man, that's a cool way to look at it. So have you had people reach out to you since you've kind of, since your social media platform has Mm -hmm. grown that like, you know, tells you about their story or tells you that something that you're doing is like helpful to them. Yeah. Um, that's something that I, I wasn't really expecting when I started the account, but I've had a lot of people, um, especially younger girls that are amputees or about to become an amputee or are new amputees that have reached out and, you know, either thanked me uh, or just have asked for advice. Um, and those moments again, always like humble me. Cause I'm like, it's not like I think that I know everything or that I can solve all your questions or issue or like problems or anything like that. But um, it's something that I, I wish that I think I had made myself have a little bit more growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a game changer when I, when I first came out here and went, started the process of getting a new prosthesis. Um, my prosthetist at the time said like, I want to introduce you to this girl, Erin. She actually represents the company um, for the knee that you're about to get. Um, and she was also born with the same birth defect. So I think you guys would like talk. And that was the first human being I had ever talked to that had a birth defect. Um, and that was like around my age. She's just a few years old than me. Um, and I remember getting on the phone with her and, um, we were just talking, you know, you know, small talk, prosthetic equipment, whatever. Um, and she was like, she's like, Oh, well, you know, when you're like about to turn and like, you're about to do this with your leg, but you suddenly feel this. So like your gut tells you to do that. Like just something that you can only know if you've had the equipment on and like you're in your head. Right. And it was just, it was the first moment. I'll never forget it. Like I was, 
outside on the sidewalk or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's the first time anyone has ever able to describe the movement and what's going on in my head. Because up until then, um, I've been around great people. But if someone with two legs is like, well, yeah, just like limp less and just do this. It's like, like, you don't know. Like, thank you. But you don't know the feeling, like the physical feeling of doing this. Right. Um, And to have to hear like the words that are already inside my head being vocalized by another human was like super helpful. So helpful. And so freeing. Like, I was like, oh my goodness, like this is amazing. So that kind of started. We're still friends. Um, She's actually in real estate and sold me my house this past year. Like, yeah, yeah. it turned into this great um, friendship. But um, just having someone that I could bounce off like questions um, about prosthetics and equipment, but also just about personal things of how I handle situations. And then turning that as I started my Instagram account, having girls with like similar questions and situations being like, what do you do? And being able to like in turn have those like have that dialogue with them has been one of the most rewarding things and about the what, whole thing. What's her name? The the girl you uh Aaron Myers. So Aaron allowed showed you like good ways to have conversations and then people were reaching out to you for kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And how long have you had your social media page, your Instagram? Um, I guess about three years. It's coming up on three years. I guess in August is yeah. when I started it. Mm-hmm. So what what what's the process then of getting a new prosthesis when you're going mm-hmm. through that? Like is it something most of the time that someone is coming to you with or is it times like where you know like okay this is something like you get obviously when you went to the running camp and you got the running yeah. blade that's that's that makes sense there someone actually kind of said hey i feel like you you could do this we just need to get to the right equipment on just like on other situation what is that process like so it depends um when i was growing up i always had the same prosthetist so at that point it was like when you're when you know that your equipment is um getting older or most specifically when you're getting older um, and you start to grow your socket doesn't fit anymore which has your residual limb so I had actually when I moved out here I had my same prosthesis probably since like high school so it's coming up on like eight years which is a long time usually it's like anywhere from three to seven years I'd say is like max to have the same prosthesis and so Um, the first step is obviously like talking to your prosthetist, which again, that's partly why it felt so new to me because I had had the same person since I was born. He like knew me, he knew what I was like, what I wanted, how things fit. Um, and coming here and starting with someone brand new, there's almost a level of trust that you have to kind of overcome to even trust. Like they're about to ask you to get a very expensive piece of equipment that is not fully going to be covered by insurance probably um and gonna trust that you are going to walk on this for the next several years so just even like gaining that kind of trust with with your your person is a little bit more um in depth um but then we brainstormed for when i first moved out here we brainstormed i said like i want to know what's out there like help me be active um so we fitted the socket and that is very, very tricky. Any questions I get on Instagram, the socket is always the hardest part because it's completely different for every single person. Um, and for me having PFFD, like I didn't have like a clean cut amputation. So finding a way to like get a prosthesis to fit without hurting my residual limb was is always like a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went for like a completely different system of how to even attach the leg to my body, um, which also your body has to adjust to because it can be pretty painful or uncomfortable um, when you're adjusting. Um, from that point, once you have the socket down, you kind of pick your 
you get to shop. <laughs> so uh, you pick your knee um, and there's different types of knees. I have something called a microprocessor knee. So a big part of the conversation is just um, telling them what you want to do, but also realistically what you're currently doing um, because they have to submit that to insurance to prove that you're going to use your knee to the highest activity level that it can go. So yeah. if you want a microprocessor knee, you have to be, I think it's, it's called K3 or K4 level. Um, so you have to be pretty active. Yeah. So at that point I had started kickboxing. So I was like able to prove all of that. Like, um, check out my commercial. <laughs> yo. Yeah. If you want to see active, check out this shot. Yeah. 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 So that a hundred percent helped. Um, and microprocessor knees aren't also for everyone. Like maybe that doesn't fit like your lifestyle best, but for me it was. Um, yeah. And then, you know, pick the the foot that would go best with the knee and all of that. So, um, you know, you kind of put all of that together and have lots of fittings and lots of adjustments that will inevitably happen, um, you know, right. outside of the office too. And to your point, the relationship with your doctor that you're working with is, is crucial in that yes. too ultimately end up with with the right um the right thing for the right reasons yeah. that you're that you're using it for and that, that's super cool man uh so uh, one more thing on the social media there's actually there's actually a couple things um number one i want to talk about your dog on yes. social media so your dog does something interesting every day what's your dog's name jace jace tell 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 us what jace does literally every day jace loves to sleep and hang out with my shoes I don't know why, um, but I'm not kidding. There's not one day that goes by that I don't come home to at least one shoe on my bed or around the house. As soon as I leave, he goes to my closet. He picks out a different shoe every day and just curls up next to it and drops it throughout the house. Well, that's got to be a sign of love, but it, <laughs> is, it does show creativity on it. He's like, nah, really didn't <laughs> love the nap I got yesterday with that particular sneaker. Uh -huh. So we're going to go with you. I'm going to go with my old trusted sneaker here that I know I will get a good rest with. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. And you've got a pair of Brooks now that you're going to go. So please keep us updated if Jace enjoys the Brooks experience. I will. When, I will. They might be his favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that's super funny. So, and then this is the one too. I, I, I see it a lot. You play a game where it does the thing above your, your forehead where it picks a Disney character, right? Yes. So first of all, tell me what that is. Like, it's just like, it's like random and it can be any Disney character. Any Disney character, villain, princess. I mean, obviously the hope is that you get like a Disney prince or princess, you know, whatever. But with yours, it's what? Oh, it is never. It's anything but the princess. Never one. Like you're like no. Like you're just like. Let's see what what version of a Disney character I am today that I'm not gonna like. Yeah, I have never honestly been felt more personally victimized by a filter in my life. Like, <laughs> oh, and people. It's funny because people are always like, "Please keep posting these," and I. I can't like people are gonna be bummed now if you ever actually yes. do get it. Actually, if you do get it, just don't post it. Like keep keep this keep this thing going. And people think that I. It's funny. I'm like I I really like I'm not getting princesses and then not posting it. Like the order that I post it is what I get. It's live. It's yeah. live. Yeah. So really, when I post, you know, in a couple weeks' time, thirty tries and not one of them is a princess, and instead I'm getting like Gus Gus from Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting Gus Gus from Cinderella. That time. <laughs> game was created for you to just, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so one last thing on the topic of exercise, just to kind of bring it all together. What, what does exercise and fitness kind of mean to you from somebody that yeah. came to Nashville to, to pursue music and kind of be in that music world to have a friend 
you know, take you to this boxing workout to now Mm -hmm. that's where you work. That's where your friends are. And that's just kind of a big part of your life. Like what does it all mean to you where you are right now? And kind of this, you know, this Amy that, that your exercises has, has built. Um, this is also going to sound a bit cliche, but honestly it has very little to do with a physical transformation. Obviously like I enjoy that. I like looking in shape. I like feeling in shape. Um, but exercise means so much more to me. Um, I think it's, it's more the mental attitude that you go into. Um, one of my trainers, his name is Jared and he always says you start how you finish and you finish how you start. And it's just this, it's this, um, feeling of going into something and literally, you know, maybe you're ready for it. A lot of times you don't, people are always like, how are you motivated? I'm like, there are a lot of days I don't feel like working out, but right. the feeling of going into something and knowing that it's more mental attitude than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally thinking like, I can't finish this and either pushing through yourself or having someone next to you, helping you push through and going through it with you, the feeling of, of finishing and saying, I literally, ju- I just did that. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, if I'm ever, I do train some of the boxing classes at title and I, I love to, have them do burpees and and I know people's names so I call them out like sometimes they give me a look and I'm like listen like you're it's I'm not yeah my fault that I know your name <laughs> yes <laughs> that's your own fault yeah uh yeah but I just love to push because it's just this feeling of whether or not you like you know whether you feel like you're about to enjoy this workout the feeling of literally overcoming um like whatever mental barriers are there like also you get adrenaline, like it's a great physical feeling when you finish, but, um, it's just so, so like, it's almost like a natural high that you get like from the mental idea of, I just did that. Like, and, and that has carried me into so many other aspects of my life of, you do need a lot of mental fortitude if you're going to, if you're going to stay active and you're going to have a prosthesis and be confident in, in what you do, whether you're like doing a physical activity or not. And so that's just kind of naturally carried through in my attitude for exercise. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And you said, we talked a little bit before and you said that you, you do realize that you help motivate other people. You help inspire people, myself included, but you also yourself get motivation and inspiration from that. Yeah. It's a cycle. Um, like, like I was saying before, it's, um, you know, it's whenever people say that I like they're inspired or something, um, it's obviously very nice to hear that. It's also humbling and keeps me accountable to myself. Mm -hmm. Like even, you know, when I was saying I argued with my coworkers the other day, um, even when I don't want to do it, it does keep this level of accountability to myself that if I want to practice what I preach, like I, I, my big thing, like my mantra, I guess you could say is like live by example. If I'm going to tell people to do this, I need to like challenge myself in the same way. Um, and obviously like being on social media, it's great to post, but it's also great to see other people do things way better than me. And, and just being like, Hey, if they can do that, I can do that. Like that is super motivating. And to see people even start like I've talked to several people that are also starting running alongside me virtually, obviously um, with a running blade and seeing their struggles too and feeling like, Oh, I'm not alone in this. And if they're like putting in the work, I can put in the work too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just great. That is, that is super. That's great. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about a place called Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with it? Uh, A little bit. Yeah. Uh, you came to Nashville 2013 for a little bit, and then you came here, moved here actually 2014. So mm-hmm. been here six years. Um, tell me, you know, what 
what was just your first thought of Nashville? Like when you're actually moving away from home from Pennsylvania and you're driving to Nashville, like where's, where's your thoughts on Nashville? What was your thoughts on Nashville then? Well, I would say one, I mean, obviously the fact that it's music city was a big draw. Just, I love being around music and concerts, but um, I'm also from a small town and I'm not a big city girl, I would say. So a big draw of Nashville over anything else, um, like LA or New York or Chicago, anything like that was the feeling of there's a lot of opportunity and things to do, but it really feels like a big town in some, I mean, obviously Nashville has grown a ton and it's still growing, but it feels like in a lot of ways, everyone knows everyone somehow. Um, and I just love, it's definitely a city. And I learned this after moving here that, people are very quick to help each other um, and pitch in. Like I, I found it was just, you know, I've come from the Northeast where it's great in a lot of ways, but that that's not exactly what they're known for. <laughs> <laughs> we, we broached that a little bit. I, I went to high school in Ohio too. And we talked about the, the level of friendliness yeah. uh, is different. I mean, really th- in Pennsylvania, Ohio than it is in Nashville. And, and we even admitted, even if some of the friendliness is fake, like that's all right. Yeah. Like I'll take fake friendliness yeah. versus not versus not. Yeah. Be yeah. fake. Thanks for the smile. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Nashville was kind kind of just getting that growth spurt started when yeah. you got here. It's it's gone uh, pretty much headed more in that direction ever since. Uh, how do you feel now 6 years into moving to Nashville? Like what what's your what's your take on the city? I for the most part I think the growth is is good. It's still you know, it still has that feeling of like southern hospitality for sure. It's definitely growing like I mean, well now I own my house, but rent like doubled in (laughs) in several years. It's uh, definitely it's a conglomerate of a lot of different personalities and cities here. We have a lot of, you know, people from L.A. and New York, like big cities that are like, oh, like Nashville's like way cheaper to live in. And then they come here and the the people that already lived here were like, whoa, stop. stop, Pump the brakes. Stop driving up our cost of living. Yeah. Um, But overall, I mean, I think it's good. It's really cool to see um, like to see the growth that's happened. Um, I just hope in all of it that like I think small businesses are what really make this town unique and like the, the mom and pop shops. And I hope that through all of this that still remains the heart of the city. Sure. And as, as long as that does, then bring on the people, you know, yeah. besides the traffic isn't fun, but it's not people, that People, yes, traffic, no. Totally, yes. <laughs> totally um, What would you say is the most Nashville thing about you now living here for six years? Mm, I definitely, I would say like, everyone has a friend or are themselves involved in music in some way. So like writers rounds, um, like having a musician that's like, or a friend that's like, Oh, they just released their new single. Like, let's go to their round. Like, you know, like everyone knows someone that's like that. So I definitely am. And you still do things, right? You sit, you are, you write music yourself and you're still kind of in the music game. I do somewhat. It's more, it's definitely more for myself. Um, like it's nothing in the professional sense. It's just, I do that more for, therapy for myself um but i have a lot of friends who are um either songwriters or artists or a combination of both um so definitely like you know going to their shows writers rounds promoting their stuff professionally you help people kick bags and use the bad language yes yeah which is a much better gig yeah i mean mean, stress relief you know i know your name i'm gonna (laughs) yell at you and after this we're gonna do core and you're gonna really use bad language is there anything about you that you would say is not nashville i mean you grew up you grew up north uh that's still got to be a part of your roots what do you say is not nashville about you 
I would say I'm not, <laughs> I'm not very fancy. What, what I mean by that is like when I first moved here, just to give an example, I remember like going to the grocery store on a Saturday morning and I like very like Pennsylvania mindset, like sweatshirt, jeans, no makeup, ponytail, let's go. And I remember like showing up and I was like, these girls are about to step out on a runway. <laughs> like, this going is... to Trader Joe's, but real quick, we got to swing by J. Crew first. Yes. I got like, to complete this outfit. Yeah. We go to J. Crew. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like you should go shopping or like do something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I think that is uh, kind of a funny part that I like I like to get dressed up but also I work at a gym so I think I wore lipstick once just to work and I had all of the train I work with a lot of male trainers and they're all like what are you doing why do you got that on your face yeah I'm like all right well thank you but fine I'll go to (laughs) I'll I'll go to Whole Foods after this yeah exactly be fancy at the grocery store yes Uh, that's a good one Uh, let me ask you this if you were mayor of this city what is something that you would uh kind of implement in Nashville as a mayor? Mm. Some kind of, I know it's been a touchy subject, but some kind of either better form of public transportation or a way to get places without having to park and pay oh, a that's lot a good, of money. So public parking. transportation definitely heard on this podcast. I don't think we've talked much about parking. You got to pay to park about anywhere. Everywhere. There, you have to pay to park in Sylvan Park right now. Like what? I went Where, to like, like down there by like Edley's. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's like parking. I'm like, this is Sylvan park. It's legit. Like just a neighborhood. Right. And if you can't find street parking, which I will walk a lot of blocks before, like on principle, before I put money in a meter to park and eat at Edley's barbecue. Right. I love Edley's, but like, this is a neighborhood. What are we doing? No doubt. Anyway. But yeah, I just feel like that is something. I mean, it's honestly, parking has never been an easy thing since I moved here and it's just with more people, it's gotten even harder yeah i don't are parking tickets real though because Uh, i mean i've gotten some that i feel like i've paid and some that i haven't so straight up i think yes i think it depends on the company because there are some real obviously i was just basically knocking myself well yeah, yeah. yeah i mean so one time i think there are some that are like if it's a private company, they're a lot worse. Like one time when I first moved here, um, my roommate at the time and I, um, we went to like Coco's Italian market just for, uh, or yeah, Coco's cafe. Right. Yeah. Just for a coffee, literally in and out five minutes. We parked in one of those lots. The pay station was on the other side. We didn't see that you had to get like a ticket and you, the free hour was free, right. but there was this little I'm sorry, like troll of a man, like sitting like at the, he was part of a private company, whatever. He's just doing his job. But like, as soon as we parked, cause we were there five minutes, he like went over and put a boot on her car, man. a boot. And we came out and we're like, yo, we just moved here. Like we didn't even see it. And he's like, it's very clear. Legit made her pay $50 to take the boot off. The, the first hour was free. And we were there for five wow. minutes. I was like, Welcome dude, like, Nashville. come on. Like, and he's like, no, nah, I I'm not taking it off until you pay me 50 bucks. As Mayor Amy of Nashville, though, those would not occur. That would get out of here. That's not Southern Hospitality, man. That's Come not, on. Man. As Mayor Amy, everywhere, it's free hour parking everywhere in the city. Everywhere. I can get behind that platform. <laughs> I love it. Um, are you, oh, this is a good one, are you a music fan? I'm a big music fan. Yes. yes. Big part of your life. Um, who are some of your favorite bands? Like, who's like some of your favorite musicians, you know, kind of growing up now? Like, what's some yeah. favorites? Um, I'm definitely. 
I definitely like independent bands. Um, I'm honestly into a lot of different types of music. I've become more of a country music fan since moving here. I was not at all before. Um, but Same. yeah, um, bands like uh, Jude and the Lion is one of my favorites. Nashville um, band? Nashville band. Yep, yeah, Nashville based. Uh, I think they came out of Belmont. Um, and yeah, I mean, great live energy. And they just kind of like own who they are, like mm -hmm. in their music and their live performances. They're incredible to watch. Um, a band that's a little bit similar, they often tour together, is their name's Colony House. Okay. Um, they're some of my favorites to go see. So obviously, there's always like the staples that if there's ever like, you know, a Justin Timberlake concert, of course, like that would be great to see. But I, I tend to like if I'm just listening music on my own just to like listen I'm very drawn to lyrics and so yeah. independent bands that um you know that are very like thoughtful about that is kind of what, what about I Moon Taxi to. you heard of them yes Moon I Taxi is Belmont right yeah yeah I think so um I they're knew, good yeah they're really good we, yes. we uh, my fiance and I saw uh Moon Taxi um in February in Knoxville they are great man. great yeah fun fun um so What's what is a concert that you have a band that you've never seen that you would love to go see? Let's say you can go see anybody you want tomorrow night, Ryman Auditorium, front row seats. Who would you go see? It doesn't have to be the Ryman, but you know, yeah. Ryman is kind of Nashville. So honestly, if it's somewhere like the Ryman, I would like for me, it does depend on like the location. If it's the Ryman, I would love to see like Chris Stapleton, like someone who would just like soulfully fill up that place sure, like yeah. that voice in the Ryman would be incredible so let's go across the street to Bridgestone then big arena who Bridgestone honestly Bridgestone so if I were to do that um I would love to see like a big like pop band like if I would go to Bridgestone that's you're there for entertainment for sure so like maybe someone like I mean like Justin Timberlake when he came I was definitely butthurt that i did not get to see that concert oh, um right. yeah i, I think his performance is like great um and same with like nissan um if we're gonna go to nissan somewhere like beyonce came a couple years ago like mm -hmm. that would be great yeah um yeah those are the concerts that i'm usually like i don't usually spend money on ironically because i'm like there's so many cool nashville artists that i want to see but um if i ever got the opportunity to see them it would be great you would be uh, yeah yeah I, I, the, count me in for all those as well yeah. rolling stones were going to come to are there ever going to be concerts again like i can't believe i just said that but uh, there better be there better be although i will say when concert season comes back it will happen um that's maybe if I were mayor too. Let's plan the ends ending of our concerts a little bit better. I went to a Johnny Swim concert um, at Ascend Amphitheater last year. Great concert, by the way. But it ended at the same exact time as I forget someone at Bridgestone and then Taylor Swift at Nissan. All at the same exact time. All shows in the same time. All just like literally all of Nashville plus all the tourists just came out at once and wow. all tried to either go downtown Broadway or get a Lyft or Uber. I mean, neither app was working. We, I think my friend and I walked like 19 blocks to even get an Uber to like pick up our signal to take us. Logistically a fumble for yes, the city I was like, of Nashville. Drop the ball on that one. Yet again, something <laughs> Mayor Amy could take care of us. Mm, I'll fix take it. Take care for us. <laughs> uh, great answers, Amy. Let's move into a little thing we call running the 615 speed sessions. Here we go. 
This is a lot of questions in a small amount of time. There are no wrong answers. You can actually take as much time as you want, but okay. we call it speed sessions because we're just going to go rapid fire, if you okay. will. Are you ready? ready? Do you need to, need to drink a coffee beforehand? A shot Ooh, of curry? I'm good. I, I'm, I'm ready. I've like pumped myself up for this. Here we go. Okay, here we go. First question. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Ooh, night owl. Coffee, tea, soda, water, or alcohol? You get to pick two. Coffee and alcohol. What alcoholic drink? Gin and tonic. Boom. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Mm, breakfast. Dogs or cats? Dogs. No one's ever answered cats ever. <laughs> I know why. All right. Are you a talker or a listener? Mm, talker. Great. Would you rather go to the beach or the mountains? Beach. What annoys you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. A lot of times just that question annoys people. But that's a great <laughs> what annoys you? How can I say this without sounding like a brat? Um. I think, and this isn't very fair, but I think like fake people, like people that are going to say one thing and then act a different way. And I, I'm sure I've done that many times, but like fakeness, just, yeah, just own annoying. who you are. Yep. Yeah. Great. How about this? Something that is not good for you that you do anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I drink a lot of coffee. All right. Well, maybe that's not terrible. Reverse that. Something that is good for you that you wish you did more of. Mm, going to bed at a decent time so I can get up and like start my day. Better sleeping habits. Better sleeping habits. Okay. There, the better way of saying Cookie things. or candy? Cookie. Which kind? Chocolate peanut butter. Okay, well done. What is your favorite sports team or teams? Oof, I'm bad at this. I would say anything Philly, like Eagles. Yeah. City of brotherly love. That's yeah, what city of brotherly love. Yeah. Yep, Philly. Any Anything Philly, 76ers, Eagles, Flyers, you're down with it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is your dream vacation spot? Mm-hmm. Honestly? Somewhere you'd like to go that you haven't been before. I mean, if we're just going to go for it, I would love to go to Italy. Italy, okay. Yes, that seems like a ways away, but I think it's a good one. I mean, um, What actress should play you in a movie? We can't pick any of the Disney characters. Gus Gus doesn't really scream Amy. Um, I would say, I only say this because I've been told sometimes that I look like her, Rachel McAdams. Okay. But honestly, the notebook, the notebook yeah. which ironically, I, yeah, I don't like that movie, but we won't. She's in other movies. She's okay. in other movies. Okay, we'll just go. go for that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what is the best way to recover after a tough workout? Hmm. Stretching, obviously, which I don't do enough of. You and me both. Yep. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, lots of water. And if I'm not like at work and I'm just like going about my day, if it's the summer, I love to go get an acai bowl. And that's super is... refreshing. Like a, like a smoothie bowl, essentially. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, sorry, yes, that's yes. not technical. That's just a that's, fun. That's, that's just like a, I no feel good. No wrong answers here. Yeah. yeah. I feel good about that workout. Here's how I'm going to celebrate it. Uh-huh. What is your favorite TV show or movie of all time or both? Mm. TV show is probably tied between Friends and The Office. Office. Love it. Yes. Oh, my Michael goodness. Michael Scarn. The literally the best thing ever created on TV. Until Michael Scott left. Like, I really, yes. I don't, really there, went there's downhill. several episodes I haven't even seen after he left. But same, man, like, same. But I picked it up in the last season. Okay. Because that's actually pretty funny. It was funnier than I expected. But yeah, see, seasons like eight, like se- latter part of seven, eight, I'm like, ah, yeah, bring him back. Office is great. So good. Uh, favorite movie? 
Ooh. I mean, if we're going to go for a classic, like I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, yeah. Good. Yep. What are you afraid of? Mm. If we're going to be surface level, I hate clowns. If we're going to be a little bit deeper, I think most of humanity struggles with uh, the idea of rejection. Yeah. Of who we Good. are. What about a favorite song to get you amped up for a workout? <laughs> oh, man. Late, <laughs> honestly, in the past week, it's been um, perfect by logic. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, that's good, man. What that, that's what you need. You got it. You got it. Just it. amps me up. You yeah. Know? Uh, best part of living in Nashville. Kind of cover that already, mm. I guess. Yeah, being around music and the people. Yep. Favorite Nashville restaurant. Ooh. Honestly, if I'm just gonna go for something quick, I love. This is super basic, but I love the fried chicken tacos at Taqueria del Sol. All right. Super basic. That not is fancy. an original answer. Good job. We have not had that yet. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, airplane or road trip? Mm, probably airplane. Okay. Something you want to do before you die? What do I want to do before I die? I just want to travel more, honestly, overseas. See more places. Mm -hmm. Something that makes you happy or what makes you happy? I love dogs. <laughs> dogs make happy. Jace, sleeping Jace. with your shoes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there we go. Cool. And he never eats them or anything. Never no. damaged. Just like, yep, never, grabbing the shoe. It's nap time. Doesn't even, and he'll even toss, like if he wants attention, he'll bring me the shoe and toss it in my lap and he will never bite down to actually like. What a good friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What has exercise taught you about yourself? Mm, you are capable of so much more than you think. Awesome. What is a misconception about you? <laughs> that I'm cool. <laughs> You're cool? That's not a misconception. Oh, I'm really not. I'm such a nerd, but you said I own it. Maybe at one point in time in your life, you were a music nerd. You mm -hmm. said that. That was early, but that's not you anymore. <laughs> you are officially cool. Oh, thank you. What is something in life that people get wrong to you? So what I mean is like sometimes you'll hear people talk and they got like a, like a real strong feeling on something and you're actually like, yeah, no, I don't think I agree with that. Hmm. I think that people, one thing that I've learned since moving is people are a lot more affected by their products of their environment than they even realize. Mm -hmm. And I realized that about myself too. So I think a lot of our very firm opinions, whatever it's about, like, you know, politics, what type of coffee you like, whatever, um, you don't, know as much as you think that you do and it's so, shaped by where you're from yes so yeah. when people are like this is how it is and this is why i'm like have you talked to people on the other side of it like right. maybe maybe that's right but like you holding your banner up like i got this right you probs don't right well I, we didn't talk about this but i mean i i grew up in ohio went to college down in alabama you grew up in pennsylvania moved down to nashville I'm super thankful for that decision for numerous reasons, mm -hmm. but I absolutely agree with what you just said in the sense that living just in different parts of the country will yes. give you different views really on life in general. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's a good answer. Uh, what's your favorite holiday? Christmas. Christmas. Mm -hmm. Who inspires you? Mm. Honestly, I get asked this question a lot and not one person ever comes to mind, but it honestly, like probably the people that I am closest with, even like 
even like my coworkers, the ones that are not on any kind of like obvious platform, but show up every day and love people. Yeah. Like I've seen from somewhat, sometimes of a distance, sometimes up close of people like on a platform that once they're not in the spotlight, like they're maybe not exactly who you think they are. And the people that like, I mean, just to give an example of the people that I work with, um, my bosses are some of the hardest working people I know. And they love on people that walk through those doors and they mop floors and clean toilets with the rest of us and the people and they own the business and like the people that do that and are just like willing to like jump in and they're not above any kind of the people that are not above any like one job right um and are there to like struggle through it with you are the people that i admire the most have the most respect for for sure and you said it earlier you got great siblings and parents yes I'm and sure they do the same. Super, yes. Super proud of you, A, but also like really kind of helped you become who you are. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite book or a favorite quote? Hmm. Favorite book. I honestly, I love books by C.S. Lewis. I think he's brilliant. Um, Mere Christianity. Yes. Yes. So, so good. Um, and I usually have to read everything he says like three times for it to really I like I follow him fully. on Twitter and obviously C.S. Lewis is not alive yeah. anymore. But a lot of times when I read a Twitter or something from C.S. Lewis, it's, yeah. I kind of have to remind myself that he's not alive anymore. Yes. It's like, oh, C.S. Lewis <laughs> tweeted today. Like, yeah, it's like, always, what a good morning. Yeah. Hello, C.S. No, no. Yeah. Um, so a lot of like my favorite quotes are from him, but um, to be like, to give one of the most cliche quotes i guess um is why are you trying so hard um to fit in when you were born to stand out Ooh, good one that's original we haven't had that yet why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out Mm -hmm. yes what is one piece of advice you would give your younger self you get to go talk to amy when she is quote unquote in her music nerd phase what would you say to Amy then? Oh, baby girl, go live. <laughs> stop scared. Just stop being so scared of what people think. And I can, I can still say the same thing to myself. But I look back and I'm like, oh, like whether it was whether it was sports or activities or friends or like boys, like I was just so scared to like just own who I was and like for lack of a better way of saying it, like be loud about it. And I don't mean obnoxious, just like own it. Right. Um, so I like, like in high school and college, like I didn't date a lot. I didn't put myself out there and I didn't try sports like gym class. I hid like everything. It was just like, you're going like you were born with one leg. You're, you're going to be different. You can't change that reality and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You can just like own who you are and, like live life to the fullest and you're going to have a lot less regret if you do something and look like an idiot rather than you go five years and don't do anything at all. Right. So I think you're doing that, Amy. I know I don't know you super well, but from somebody who's followed you on social media for a while now and, you know, got to chat with you some, like you seem to very much be who you are and like own it. So, um, (laughs) not perfect, but but great, great answer. Um, what is the first thing you would buy if you want a million dollars? Buy if I want a million dollars. I'd really like a pool. I would love a Just pool. put in a pool in your backyard? Just put in a pool. Cat, write, cat, write a check for it. By the way, just won the lottery. Come put in this pool. Yeah. That's uh-huh. a good one. What is something that you can't wait to do once this world is back to normal? And COVID-19 is hopefully at some point in time in the rearview mirror. Uh, concerts. 
go see concerts. Concerts yep. with friends, with no shame of like, guys, we're all together. Yeah. Yes, like uh, we can yeah. do this safely and wonderfully. Yeah. Me too. What is your favorite workout of all time? Just favorite workout to do. I mean, I love boxing. Yep. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, it's great. That's it. Would you rather have a hug, a high five, or a fist bump? <laughs> uh, fist bump. Fist bump. All right. Last one. Super simple. What is the purpose of life, Amy? Oh. Green? Just real quick for our listeners out there. Could you just tell us what this is all about? The purpose of life, I would say to love people. That has... As I've moved out here and none of my experiences, none of my life changes or decisions have been what I ever would have expected when I first came out here, I realized that none of that really matters. And when I stopped putting pressure on myself to to like follow this pattern of like get married at this age, to have this job, have this career of like ideas about myself that like I kind of formed just from like childhood but really from again from like just because it was what i knew mm -hmm. at the end of the day like you never know i mean 2020 is a perfect example you never know what's going to happen the only thing that is really going to matter is like how you treat the people around you and how you love and that is really really difficult but i mean you can't take any of this with you so like be known for how you treat people. Love while you can. Love while you can. Yeah, man. What a what a great thought. 2020 has been bizarre. That is, yeah. uh, if 2020 is a microcosm for anything in the future, then maybe we need to invent a time machine quick. So yeah. We can just go back in reverse for a while. But uh, thank you, Amy, for coming and chatting with me about your life and uh, about moving to Nashville. I think you've got a great story. Um, I love following you on social media. You're active on social media, but it's super fun. Like you're just a fun person in the way you present yourself, you're definitely motivating just in, in how hard you work at your workouts. And it's it's easy to see how you inspire other people, again, myself included. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. And yeah, I'm excited to hear about how the running journey goes too, because it sounds like you are um, going to be, you know, making some strides in, in that pretty soon too. Okay. So that's exciting. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me out here. I had a lot of fun. Yes. Thanks, Amy. Thanks.